When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm here today with Curtis Grimes. He is a country music singer. He has just started uh, working some ministry stuff, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing well, thank you. So yeah, maybe we could start with uh, talking a little bit about your music career and how does that parlay into ministry work? Um, well, it's funny because actually I, I didn't grow up singing um, I basically, I did baseball. That was my thing. Mm-hmm. Wound up getting, getting a scholarship to go, uh, to play college ball in Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, and that's, I guess where the music thing kind of began. My roommate had a guitar, um, that he left kind of laying around the dorm room. So that's when I started picking up and messing with a guitar and, and just started tinkering with trying to write songs. Um, I was, I was really big into this, uh, Texas country kind of regional music scene that was going on, on down here. So that's kind of the direction I went initially. Um, but backtracking, I grew up in the church. Um, I got saved when I was pretty young, the day before I turned nine, actually. And and that's kind of where I was as a kid and then into into our youth group. And then uh, by the time I got to high school, I was, I was uh, pitching for our varsity team as a freshman. So by my sophomore, junior year, Started going to the baseball parties and, and hanging out with those guys and just kind of slowly started drifting. Um, and then when I went off to college, um, didn't have my parents' accountability there, you know, to make sure I was going to church and staying in the Word and just really kind of fell off. And that's where I was when I started doing music, too. So I just kind of dove into that lifestyle and wrote those kind of songs that I thought that you did if you were pursuing music in this way. And and it kind of started off as just a fan. I didn't really want to be a singer or want to be an artist or anything like that. I just enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, long story short, my baseball career was done uh, after my freshman year. Um, so that's kind of what I filled that void with. Why? What happened? Well, it was wasn't it was my fault. Uh, wound up getting engaged to to the girl I was um, dating in high school. And so I quit for that, get married, do the whole thing, and then that fell through. So so here I was, <laughs> one to play baseball again, um, but obviously I kind of burned that bridge with the coach in Shreveport. So I moved down to San Marcos, uh, which is south of Austin, kind of more where that live music scene was. And I, I wanted to walk on at Texas State, and uh, but I, I didn't have enough credits to live off campus, so I had to take junior college classes for a year and then next year rolled around went to walk on tryouts uh went pretty good got a callback meeting and when we started talking about kind of eligibility stuff 
you couldn't go from a division one to junior take junior college classes and then go to another division one without having associates so kind of by default my baseball <laughs> baseball is off the table um so i was just messing around with the music stuff and and um i had a lot of buddies that lived in austin uh, they were going to ut so i, I spent a, quite a bit of time up, time up there and started just doing random pickup gigs. I was I'd just play like fraternity sorority parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first like regular thing I had was happy hour at El Royo, it's a Mexican restaurant uh, down there. And then a then a fiddle player started playing with me, and then uh, then we got a drummer to start playing with us. So it slowly got pieced together a band, and then uh, then we got a gig on Sixth Street in Austin, which was kind of a, a better a better thing, and so. By that time, we started kind of playing band shows, and at that time, I was working at a trophy shop, like soccer, baseball trophies, building those, and, and a commercial came on the radio that said, we're going to have a, a contest, and the winner opens for Kenny Chesney, and this was uh, during, like, his reign. Like, he was, like, the top the top dog in country music for, like, five or six years, right. and um, so we wound up submitting a video, made the final four. And won the little battle of bands contest, and so here we are. Hadn't even been playing with a band for a year, opening wow. for the biggest country music concert of the of that that time. Wow! And, uh, so that that was, I guess, when it got serious. Because you're like, at that point, you're like, okay, maybe I should try this music thing out for real. Because uh, right, pretty pretty big step on the ladder, uh, and that kind of opened up the opportunities for us to start getting like more gigs and doing more um in three years after that i was on season one of this show called the voice mm-hmm. and that was another just huge step on the ladder and that kind of got us outside of just austin in the texas region that that opened up the door for more national exposure and and then kind of as a result of that show wound up getting a publishing deal a management deal and and just kind of the whole machine aspect of the music industry. And up until that point, all I really knew was setting up a PA system, playing a show and going home. So I didn't really have the co-writing experience or, or know anything about publishing or, or the business side. So, so that was a really, a really great experience for, for career wise. And, um, so that's where I was, um, for about, that was in 2008. So about six, seven years into that, um, I started having a lot of conviction uh, just for, for how I was living mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of the content, what I was writing in my songs, like those those actually have <laughs> consequences, you know? Um, and and I don't know, I, I just, I never, and throughout the whole time, it's not that, I still had the conviction, it's just the more you do it, and the easier it gets to do it and the more numb it kind of becomes, but it was always there. Um, and so this time was different though. This time I was having specific conviction of I've been given this platform and this talent and this opportunity to do some cool things. And God had blessed me like in a lot of ways, you know, with thought, with everything that had put me in this point with, with the talent that I didn't even really know that existed until later in life. Yeah. And so that was kind of a that was kind of a a pretty tough tough thing to come to terms with was you've been blessed and you're just out here choosing this for selfish gain like living in disobedience and everything else. And also 
was a realization of like I was just completely destroying any opportunity that I had to to reach people or, or lead people to Jesus and and that was that was pretty tough. That that was kind of that was a hard pill to swallow. Um, so I was on my I was on my way to the gym one night, and this song uh, called "Through It All," Andre Crouch song, came on the radio, and it's just kind of like through everything, like God still loves us, even when we're living. Like He's still uh, He's still there. He just wants He just wants us to just turn around and give it to Him, right? He just wants that relationship, and and He just wants us to to use what he blesses us with for for him and and even when we don't he's still so good that he that he that he loves us through it all and and that was that was a pretty pretty um pivotal point and and not only my life my career um my walk with the lord um and that was the point where i got to the gym and i just laid on the floor cried like a baby and was just like do i just not do this music thing do i go you've given me this gift do i go lead church worship at a church or you know like what do i do i just feel like i need to pull myself out of this environment and if this is what if this is what pursuing music is then like i don't want it you know um and he and he was clear as day he's like no i i put you here for a reason so whatever you think that you would do at a church or wherever else like do that right where i have because this is where people need to hear about me the most. Um, and so that kind of kept me pursuing the secular music industry. And then, of course, from that point on, everything I've done is either positive, either just uplifting, encouraging, mm-hmm. or faith-based, or or just pointing people to Jesus, however that looks. And, and sometimes that's gospel-heavy, and sometimes it's just like, hey, I've been there, there's a better way. Or just, I just want to put out music that when some, after someone listens to it, it puts them in a better spot, not a worse spot. Cause there's, there's a lot of music that will put you in a worse spot, um, in the, in the grand scheme of things. Um, so that's kind of where, where it all started. And then, um, probably a year into that, I'd written all these songs cause I had a publishing deal and, and yeah. it, it was, my next trip to Nashville and I, and I had a big meeting with all the management and everybody. And I, before the meeting started, I got up and I told them, like, look, like, I don't, I don't want to put out like party music. I don't want to just keep doing stuff that I don't really want to promote. <laughs> there was this, the next single they wanted me to push was a song called keg party. It's like a college drinking song. And I was like, look, I, I quit drinking. Like I'm sober. Like I don't want to, to to promote this anymore and and about four months after that i got dropped from management wow everything my radio promoter uh lady she was the only one that stayed like helping me out but everybody else dropped me and since i had all these songs i was like well i might as well do at least one more record just because i have have all the stuff and i have the connections and so i was like if it's the last one I ever do, like this is what I want people to hear. This is what I want to want to sing about. So we did that, and there was a specific song called "Born to Die," which is pretty much straight up the gospel. Jesus was born to die for our sin, in a nutshell. And I was like, I want to send that song to radio because because I'm I don't know you know I might not be able to do this much longer by putting out this kind of content in a pure secular entity. 
So I sent out that song and, and it went number one on that chart, on the Texas country chart. And then wow. we sent it out to more of a regional radio um, promotion team too. And it wound up going number one on, on the national chart. So that was, that was kind of the confirmation, I guess, and reassurance yeah. that, that this is right where I'm supposed to be and right what I'm supposed to be doing. And to be honest, every single every song we've sent out to radio after that has gone to number one. Um, wow! And we don't have I, this is all like regional Texas stuff. I, I don't get the time of day from Nashville or the top forty industry <laughs> folks. It's for whatever reason. Um, it's probably it's more business than than personal. I'm sure. Um, but still, you. you this is what we have an opportunity to work with. So we're just trying to make the most of it while we can. And, and kind of at, right after that album came out, kind of it was time for the next project. And, and people were asking me if I would ever consider doing a gospel album. And, and I was like, yeah, I would love to, I just can't really afford to go do a random side project. So we started up a GoFundMe account and and we raised more than enough money to do this this gospel record, and I, I didn't want to like profit off of it. I wasn't trying to like make money on it, and so God put on my heart to to just put that into a ministry, and specifically to to give Bibles to people, which was kind of random um, because when I think of giving Bibles to people, I think of like missionaries overseas. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that I found over the time that. A lot of people, just for whatever reason, have never owned a Bible or don't don't have a Bible of their own. Um, sure. And and so we'd started off putting a stack of them on our merch table, and then they would slowly dwindle down. Um, and after after that happened a few times, I was like, all right, so we just kind of went all in with it, set up a website, and now people can go and request one and we just ship it right to wherever some people will request them for themselves or like a family or friend and so we'll just send it wherever it's all all free of charge um and that's that's at tenfingerministry.com um if anyone is interested in that but uh that's that's kind of how the, the ministry thing came about and started rolling and and, and right at that time when when all this was happening my my granddaddy had passed away and so we were at, he had, he had nine fingers from most of his life. When he was a kid, he's roping a horse and lost fingers. So after his funeral, we were at his house talking about how now he's got 10 perfect fingers to worship the Lord. And so my dad suggested naming the ministry, 10 finger ministry, kind of in that, um, kind of, uh, in his honor and also kind of as a reference to the, to, to the fullness we receive in Christ. And, and so that's that's where it all started and since then we've kind of run with it um and that has become kind of our primary focus and the music stuff's great and that's kind of the 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 vessel that we use but our primary focus is on the ministry and using using those opportunities to just reach people or to just encourage people or or just be a good example because because sometimes it's just as simple as going in a bar playing a country music concert and and not drinking and partying and being crazy not cussing and we even do worship songs in our set so including jesus and what we do even if it's in somewhere where people don't think that that's like where you do it at mm-hmm. um but it's just that that's that's what we get to do and, and it's pretty it's pretty cool it's pretty exciting 
Um, and to be honest with you, if it wasn't for that, I've got a three-year-old and a five-year-old. And if it wasn't for the ministry aspect of it, I don't think that I would just do music for the sake of doing music because it, it requires a lot of time away from home. And there's a lot of sacrifices that you make to do it. Um, but when when that primary focus is is ministry and that's your purpose and that's where the passion of doing it comes from, then I think then I think it's worth it. Um, so that's that's kind of what we've been doing since 2016. So we're going on what seven years now, and yeah, kind of like some doors have shut. You know, some venues won't book you, just or won't won't have you back for whatever reason. I'm assuming we probably don't sell much alcohol, <laughs> relatively speaking, and some of them just don't just think that people might not want to hear about Jesus in a bar, but like they couldn't be further from the truth. Cause we have never had any like backlash or negative mm-hmm. feedback from the people. Right. Um, and, and actually it's opposite. You'll have a lot of positive feedback. You'll have a lot of people come up to you, like being appreciative that you, that you're doing this or mm-hmm. just want to pray with you or tell you their story or just talk with you or, or whatever. Um, because that's, it's, it's, there's an attractive nature to that. When people see the light, they they are attracted to the light because we're all broken in in many ways, and and we all are trying to seek that that void, seek seek that true healing, and sometimes we seek it in other ways that aren't necessarily good for us. Um, and also, I've been there. You know, I, I I spent ten years in that in that lifestyle in that place. So I think that as much as I regret. A lot of the stuff that I did, it definitely prepared me for the type of ministry that we do right now. Because now I can go in a bar full of people just being crazy and not have that con- condemning mindset of, oh, you know, y'all are all because because I've, <laughs> I've been there. You know, I, I know what it's like. And, and I know that how I would have wanted someone to approach me or engage with me, you know, because nobody wants you to engage with them like they're doing something wrong or like they're doing that um and so there's a we've learned how to navigate those waters and i think all of my past experiences and my testimony has has really prepared me for for this specific thing and there's there's not a lot of people that that are doing this i mean there's a lot of artists that will do their you know music and i love jesus you know it's kind of throw it in there but not that are using the music 100% for that. Um, and so, so it's, it's, I, I'm appreciative that, that we're able to stay relevant and mm-hmm. that venues will still book us and that radio will still play us and still give us that platform mm-hmm. uh, and that will support us and kind of keep, keep us rolling down the road. Um, but I don't know, I don't know if that will last forever. That window, you know, there's usually a time frame on a window, whatever it is. So, we're just trying to make the most of it and maximize um, these opportunities while while they exist. And we've kind of, we still do a lot of venues and fairs and festivals and rodeos, but now we're starting to add more, what you'd say, kind of outreach events. Or And we do some churches. Uh, Perfect okay. World, we'd play it somewhere on Saturday night and we'd do worship at a church somewhere that Sunday and invite people to come, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and so it's kind of anywhere in between that too so it's like our set will work great in a bar just because it's 
tempo and dance and stuff. And it also, we can play the same set in a church on Sunday and it's appropriate because everything is pointing to Jesus. And, and then, of course, we have the worship songs anyways. Um, and it's it's nice to be able to play for all ages. Like our set's appropriate for kids and mm-hmm. all the older folks as well. And there's not, there's nowhere that just is awkward for us to show up and play because it's just trying to promote good, you know, good, mm-hmm. positive things and and um even if someone's kind of in a bad spot that's they might they might they might um i don't know not want to necessarily change instantly but i feel like people appreciate good things you know it might not take might not get tell that by watching the news all the time but out in the real world and when we engage that we engage with on a daily basis i think people appreciate that and and we can feel it and so it's uh it kind of is encouraging and keeps you going. For sure. For sure. I'm curious about your experience in the music industry before you moved into more of the ministry type of music. What what did you you were saying that you didn't want to be playing the types of songs that you were playing um and that had an impact on you. What did you feel like the the pressure was from the uh more mainstream type of uh production i think it really all roots down to money it's all about the the most money is made through commercial success right and that's anything that's the difference between a snow cone stand on the corner in town or bahama bucks you know like that's that's where the money's made not not nickel and um snow cones and so you apply that to the music industry they're going to try to put out a product that that they being the machine, the your whether it's your level management, whatever. If their primary focus is that, not like what's going to make the world a better place, mm-hmm. then it's very trendy. So they'll see what's working. Right. Well, that's working. These kind of songs are going number one when you do these kind of songs. Or and also too, it really is a pretty alcohol revenue based industry as a whole. So kind of a lot of times your worth to a venue is how much alcohol you're you're slinging because that's the more money they make when kind of the entity's primary source of income is alcohol sales right um, that's interesting and that makes perfect sense but i don't know why i haven't really thought of that that yeah that makes perfect if sense you listen, sure. so if you listen to top 40 radio and you like most i would say probably 70 80 percent of the songs could be like alcohol promotion right and just a lot of them are a lot of them have drug uh promotion yeah that's that's not just alcohol but yeah a lot of them talk about other side of it but like just that that kind of content i think there's a little bit of that fleshly desire to be bad you know like oh parents aren't watching i'm gonna be bad it's cool you know like there's some of that that goes in there that's that's appealing to to folks um but through it all this all boils down to the money all boils down to what if you're going to sign an act, the whole point, you're not there to just help that act in life. You're there to use that act as means to generate revenue for the business. Right. And and so it's easier for them to take the path of least resistance instead of let someone just do their thing and cross their fingers and hope it works. That's That's a pretty big risk. A lower risk is, hey, this works over here dress like mm-hmm. this our pictures look like this 
our songs sound like this, our productions okay. like this, because we want you to have the best the best chance to get a number one on top forty radio. Because the number one on top forty radio is kind of the catalyst for the stadium tours and the, everything else. And a lot of the the money's made now in the publishing side of things. So in the 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 royalties because CDs aren't necessarily flying off the shelf these days. Uh, I don't know too many people who even have a CD player. <laughs> I know it. I know it. So, so it's a combination of all those things. So when you're not, when you go in there and say, I don't want to do that because I don't want to promote that. I want to do it this other way. Mm-hmm. There's that, there's that, well, you're kind of disrupting our business thing. So it's not like personal, not like, oh, we don't like you. It's like, well, you're not giving us the best product to put us in the best position to succeed and generate revenue for the company. So, you know, the product that's not selling or they don't think is going to sell is the one that they stop producing. (laughs) So, so that's kind of where, that's where it all boils down to. But I had to get to a point to where I was perfectly content getting another job if music wasn't enough to sustain a living. And I was fine with that. And what happened And the second that happened, now I'm no longer a slave to the industry. Like I, I'm not chained to anything. I do what I want, how I want. I'm going to use this for God. And if, if, if I'm supposed to be here, like God will keep open the door. Mm-hmm. If I'm not supposed to be here, then he'll shut that door. And I need, I don't need to be in that door. You know, if I, if I'm not supposed to be here, like, and I'm just trying to force it, then now you get outside of his protection, his will. Then like you assume the consequences that come with it. So if I'm supposed to be, I don't know, working at Lowe's and just being a light at Lowe's and I'm out here trying to do music thing and then all, then it just goes bad. Like, well, I should have listened, you know, I should have, I should have followed and pursued God's will. But, um, and, and kind of the other side of that is most of these people in the industry, they are in debt to a label they're in debt to somebody for sometimes millions of dollars so you're not really going and doing what you want until that debt's paid and if they're paying for your albums which i was there they kind of control which kind of songs you put on it if they're the ones paying the bill right uh, and they're the ones doing all the art like so you're you're really submit submissive to the ones that are paying for all your stuff and, and until your debt's paid, you're in bondage or in slavery to them. And that's where most artists are. And so they don't really have a whole lot of say some of, you know, the more successful you are, the more, the little more leeway they get, but like they're not signing people to label deals that, and just letting them do what they want to do. They're signing folks that they think will allow them to use them for, whatever they want they want to happen and so there's there's a very submissive nature to that you'll notice common denominators people artists that will just say yes 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 whatever you want me to do how you want me to do i'll do it and then some of those artists you'll see like three years later you're like wait a second like you're a completely different person like you are doing things now that you like swore you never would do three years ago and and that's why because you're not in control and so once I was off the table, that's what allowed me to just do it how I want. And, you know, I'll, as long as it works, I'll keep doing it. If not, we'll do something else. And mm-hmm. not many people are in that position. So that's why 
you, you kind of believe this lie. When I started off, I thought you had to put out this kind of songs and live like this and do like, I thought that's what you had to do to make it. And that's kind of what it's implied yeah. a lot of times is if you want to make it, then this. Right. Well, then, this really opened my eyes. I was in Nashville one one night and one of the guys that has had multiple number ones, has the millions in the bank, has the buses, has the all the perceived success. Right. Sitting here drinking alone by himself, like depressed on a Tuesday night. Wow. And I'm just like, if that's what it looks like at the peak, like it right. ain't worth it's not worth all this stuff that you sacrifice and doing what you don't do just to get this, this, and this. And like, this dude's one of the most miserable person I've ever seen. And so, so when you, when you kind of put it all into perspective, it's like, would you rather own everything and control your own destiny and be poking around Texas in a van or just be like submitted to something and pursuing this thing that's not really, you know, it's not really good for you and what are other people um, but it's making money and putting you in the spotlight like what's worth more you know in right. in the grand scheme of life and so i don't know i just i feel like god opened my eyes up to a lot of stuff um during that period and i'm thankful for it um and, and it's also interesting to see kind of how stuff has played out because uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird stuff i, don't, I mean i don't want to go too deep but at the top of the entertainment yeah. industry in all facets yeah not people not godly people opposite mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so the higher you get up the ladder there's a certain point where you're going to at least be okay with what these people at the top are doing what they're promoting that's why you see a lot of may, may, big artists like they'll be supporting some random causes that you're just like i don't i don't really align with good moral values or whatnot why are you why are you doing and they don't seem like you they don't seem like the kind of person you are why are you supporting these agendas right because powers that that own them are telling them this is what you're gonna do right send this send this on your phone send this video talking about this (laughs) you know and then you are you gonna not do it then okay well They'll go down the line to the person that will do it, you know? And so my just there was a lot of like symbolism, a lot of just dark satanic symbolism that that I started noticing being inserted in in graphics, in artwork, in mm-hmm. like stage backdrops. And you just start noticing this little stuff and you're just like, why is that in music videos? And like after you film a music video, like every single thing on it is like meticulously put there, you know, because editing, the, the, the editing in music video is like this lighting isn't right. We need to change this shot. Sure. So if it's that sp- meticulous about lighting. Why would you have something in there that, you know, is associated with with kind of darkness or just satanic symbolism? Mm-hmm. It's all and and then when you see like stuff that happened at the Grammys the other night, like this stuff is intentional and they're these artists and, and celebrities are like so concerned with maintaining their status or making it higher or whatnot, they just go with it. And I wouldn't say that even every one of them are like Satanists, but at bare minimum, they're going with it because it's keeping their cash flow coming. And and also kind of bare minimum they 
turning a blind eye to it, letting it be okay. Whereas I'm like, if I see something that seems off, like I don't want to hitch my wagon to it. It's like, I'm out. You know, as soon as the weird stuff starts coming across, like I don't want anything to do with it just because sure. I don't want to be associated with that. So there's a lot, there's, it, it gets pretty deep and, and there definitely is a lot of that that goes on that would confirm a lot of the conspiracy stuff. So I'm, I'm thankful that my eyes were opened up to that. And I was at a point to where I was like, if that's what it takes, like I'm out, <laughs> I'll go get another job. I don't, I don't want no part of if that's what it takes to get success. And, wow. and I always reiterate too, like, I. I realized too, God can take Joseph from the pit to the throne. If God wants you to be there because he can use you there, like none of this other stuff's going to keep him from putting you there. So there's also that side of the coin. I'm not saying it's not possible, but I'll say if you're going to take the secular stairway, you're mm -hmm. definitely going to hit a point to where you're willing to play ball or you're going to get told, nah, <laughs> you know? Right. Right. So, so I, are you essentially saying like you, you can uh, take the secular stairway to a point until the, uh, I, I guess, I, for lack of a better word, whether it's the sat Satanist or the Luciferians or wh whoever have that worldview will kind of give you an ultimatum? It seems that way. It seems to be common denominators of that. Um, even on, I mean, I would say even people that I know personally and you start seeing the stuff. And, and a lot of times, here's the interesting thing. A lot of times it correlates with like really quick high level of success. So it'll be like, this artist is kind of, and then boom. Right. And then all of a sudden that comes with all the other stuff that wasn't there before. Right. So you, I mean, you just put two and two together. But surely there's some coincidence at and some of it, right? So I'm not I'm not saying like, happenstance doesn't occur, but oh. when you start seeing common denominators and you're just like, all right, this is too too much consistency with success mm -hmm. correlating with all of a sudden this other stuff that isn't necessary for you to put out music and sing songs, you know? Right. Uh, so so I don't. And I, I know, I never know what that looks like formally. I don't, I don't know. I've never had the chance to sit down with somebody that you would say, Hey, what's up with this? Why do you allow this artwork on your CDs? Why do you allow this symbolism? Right. I've never been able to sit down and talk. And, and if it's, I don't know if it's as simple as when your label controls everything, they don't, you just show up for a photo shoot. And then the, and when it's put out, you don't have any say in, what comes out with that if it's all kind of inserted post or if it's kind of a statement of hey this artist is willing to play the game I, I don't know the specifics of it I just know there's common denominators on all people or I'll say no not all most of the people that just really blow up um and I just I'm out <laughs> I'm out I don't even want to flirt with that line Right. What opened your eyes to the, were you, I, I know you said that you, uh, you were religious from a pretty young age, so you had that exposure, but did you always, were you always familiar with the, the semiotics of uh, the occults and the darker stuff or what opened your eyes to that? Because I think, really. 
the reason I ask is just because, just for my audience listening to get the context, the reason I ask is because now, like you brought up the Grammys, for instance, right? People are starting to become more aware of what those references may be indicating. Whereas I think if you don't know to look for it, it may look a little dark and sometimes it's darker or more eerie than others. But I don't think you necessarily look at it and go, okay, that has a specific occult reference or that has a specific, uh, you know, satanic kind of a connection. But now, because people are starting to become more aware, they actually know what some of these symbols are referring to. So once you start to see it, it's hard to unsee it. But if you don't know, then you might just think, oh, that's weird. Why would I want that in my music video, right? So, Well, I would say probably definitely not not growing up, not early. I mean, it's probably just naive and going with stuff. And you may could go back and look at stuff from the 80s, 90s and be like, oh, wow, that was there. And I did, completely didn't even. I would say when probably in college, after college, you start mm-hmm. – you start seeing people just point out stuff, you know, kind of, and yeah, conspiracy theory is a weird word and not really conspiracy when it gets proven true over and over and over, but like we'll lump it into that realm, right? Mm-hmm. And people start pointing stuff out and you're just like, yeah, that's, that's what that is. Plain as day, yeah. you know, like why it got there, how it got there, why, what it's for, what it means, not really sure, you know, but like, right. that's weird. And it's weird that it's there. Right. And, and then you go, you know, then it kind of piques your interest, right? Then you're just like, well, that's, then you see it somewhere else. And you're like, that's the thing. That's the thing. It's weird. You know, like that, yeah. that's associated with this. So if this is supposed to be a good wholesome entity, why does it even have something that's associated with, with that, with something that's right. dark? And, and then it's just some stuff's like blatant, like obvious, like, why, why would you even want to have Satan in a commercial? Like what, who is at the board and drawing up this and everybody being like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Like, yeah, that's a good idea. (laughs) Stuff is just like, why would you even go there? Like you either are in that trying to support that and flaunt it, which I don't even say that that's the most cases, or you're just like, Hey, this would be funny. You're just blindly naive and and have zero discernment zero godliness in your heart to say hey like we don't need to play with that that we don't need to dabble with that you're just totally blinded to to what that opens up and does from a spiritual warfare perspective Right. right so i would say if you don't have a clue that there's a spiritual warfare going on around us like that's way more it's a weird way to put it real actual consequences than just the physical crap we do day to day then 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 i would say that's would be the starting point and then too once you realize if we put ourselves in a vulnerable spot like just because you're not out doing seances like satan can use us thoughts ideas suggestions to do crap if we're not staying focused on god and trying to pursue god staying in the word knowing knowing how we are to live how we're supposed to protect ourselves thoughts um our mind um in in other ways that spiritual attacks happen um some like i say are more obvious than others then then i i I think stuff can happen and the general folk does not even be aware of 
what it is. Whereas in the spiritual realm, it's a victory, right? It's a victory for the other side when they can get somebody that's just playing, doing something funny to do something and just kind of open up that realm. Um, and so I just started noticing random stuff. And then it really hit home when I did, when I walked in there and told them, hey, like, I don't want to do this song no more. I want to do positive faith based stuff. And then my team dropped me. I'm like, what's that about? Because now it seems like the second you tell them no, they don't want anything to do with you. So right. then I started, then I started like digging a little bit more. Then I started looking for common denominators on people that had success. Well, why does that person have success? I've written with them. They definitely, you ain't going to say like they're the talent level is just that great. So right. what's the, what's hat, what, what's going on there? And then yeah. you start seeing all that stuff and you start seeing them change how they dress and all this, whatever. Right. And you're just like, okay. So they just said yes to everything and now put in the world. Well, then you go, <laughs> then you dig in, dig in the word and look when Jesus was tempted and Satan said, I'll give you the world. And you're like, is that what it looks like? I don't know. You know, like that sure seems to be what in modern times, if you were to give someone the world and make them a mega superstar and give them millions of dollars and all this perception, perception stuff, like sure looks a lot of awful similar to if you were to give someone the world, you know? Uh, so I just, it kind of increased, kind of increased. And then there were, there were just many instances where the, there was fire where the smoke was. And so, you know, I at some point you just start coming to conclusions like, look, I can't just say everything 100% is this, but I'll say most of the time this comes with that. And it just started being more consistent. And then when it turns into people that you know personally and you start looking at the tattoos they have, I'm like, why they have those tattoos that they know are that. And now all of a sudden, they're just blowing up the megastar status like what's up with that you know right right so i i would say it started off just kind of like seeing other people point stuff out and kind of digging and then when it got applied to like real time and then of course then then what happens oh there's some weird deeper stuff up there not just symbolism with the pedophilia and all this stuff at the top and then you start seeing the Epstein stuff. This is before it was national news. This is before when it was like, you're crazy for believing it. Why? Wow. That's so crazy. And you start telling people and they're just like, I've never heard that before. I'm like, here you go. You know, here's receipts. And so then when all that stuff starts coming out, you're like, I told y'all, I told y'all this six years ago, you know, they thought it was crazy. But so all that's kind of confirmation, I would say that that you were on to something mm -hmm. and and just kind of you know not even for the sake of saying you're right for the sake of being protected for the sake of keeping your eyes open and knowing what's going on so we're not vulnerable so we don't put ourselves in the position to where we can be into something and not even know like what it's about mm -hmm. uh, and so i would say that's probably the most important thing of of being aware and noticing this stuff is not not to pump your chest and tell everybody that right. you are it's to it's apply it and use it because there is real spiritual warfare going on and it is becoming more visible to mm -hmm. to everybody 
on in public arenas, whereas it used to kind of be hush hush quiet stuff, right? Like sure. folks have been going to FC Island for years, and mm-hmm. now everybody that even has an ounce of an eyelid open should be able to say, "Hey, these folks, these rich, rich, rich folks are dabbling in some weird stuff." Hey, bare minimal, <laughs> bare minimal. Most people now should be able to say, "Hey, time out, rich, rich, rich people." Doing some weird stuff. And now, <laughs> now it's coming out in the news. So are you going to just continue on like, oh, you know, nothing's going on? Or are you going to say, hey, it's going on. I need to be prayed up. I need to be in the word because stuff's shaking and baking and God's moving. And that's, that's kind of what, what I would impress on everyone is that. Like, look, it's time to start getting serious and getting the word and in and, and taking God serious and and realizing that we need Jesus and and you're starting to see that more and more of why it's important now not just for fire insurance after you die you know because there's there's some crazy stuff going on for sure definitely so you said that uh you know six seven years ago you were talking of you were aware of some of this uh quote unquote weird stuff Epstein type stuff and uh, pedophilia going on what opened your eyes to that did you witness it firsthand or no ma'am i was just seeing people point it out and then like mm-hmm. okay digging it and then like so when you have entities that aren't connected to you so this person over here and then this person over here in a different arena and then this person over here in a different arena and then you can kind of say well the common denominator is this and then you see like i said at that time, it was just, oh, there's common denominators from different people. Right. Well, then you okay. seem to get applied. Sure. And and it was, I don't know, like, it, it just kind of, it was one of the things that happened with the industry stuff. And then it's just, then if I really, like stuff started getting highlighted. And like, I really feel like God was opening my eyes to this stuff and, and just kind of preparing. Because we'll go in, here's some weird stuff. Here's firsthand stuff. We'll go in a bar, on guitar, wherever, place where people just go to get hammered. Cool. Mm-hmm. And we'll do our show and we kind of, we'll insert some stuff. I saw the lie. I'll kind of tell my story a little bit. There's one song that's um, kind of really deep in that. And then we get to the end of our set and we do a few worship songs. And then we end with that Born to Die song. Well, I noticed when we, some places just feel darker than others. Some places are just like, you'll load in there in the daytime. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of this stale, dingy smell dim light thump. and then later it'll just feel dark just that you know mm-hmm. and we'll be playing sometimes and we'd kick into the worship section and there would be this like shift in the room there would be almost like the really really drunk or rowdy crowd would just kind of chill out mm-hmm. some people and then people would full-blown like hands up worshiping and and then we'd also see Sometimes, like, the rowdy, rowdy folks will, like, go to a different part of the bar. They'll, like, leave the concert area. And so then it just kind of gets quiet. Right. And attention. And, like, it's like a moment. And we were talking to to uh, one of our pastor friends about this. And we're like, man, it's kind of cool. You're like, we'll bust into worship. And then, like, the whole room changes. And it's like, you know what's going on, right? And we're like. I don't know, talking about Jesus in a bar, so it's kind of weird for people that just don't know what to do. He's like, well, like, that might have something to do with it, but 
the darkness has to submit to the light. So when you when you usher in light, like demons flee. Like it's it's a spiritual thing. It's not just people in a bar hanging out and you do something and then people change. No, there's like there's a spiritual warfare going on. So then after he pointed that out, then we go in there the next few times and you see it happen. And you don't see it every night because, I mean, not not everywhere we play is like that. We play some right. house. But it does happen. So next time it happened, I looked at my guitar player. I'm like, you see this? He's like, yeah. And no, for three shows in a row, boom, 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 three shows in a row, we would do that, kind of calm down. People would start worshiping. And then the really, really rowdy folks would go to a different area. And in that area, there was a fight. There was somebody pulled a gun. And then there was another fight, three shows in a row. And we're just like, wow. like it's crazy how when it, when, it say, when it says light has to make the darkness or demons flee. Mm-hmm. I, and there was another time we were loading in a venue and I was talking to this homeless guy and he was like, you could tell he's some kind of possessed on something. Something wasn't right. He had bipolar. And I was like, hey, man. And he was trying to, he like started trying to fight with another guy. Then he chill out. And, and I was like, hey, man, can I talk to you about Jesus? And as soon as I said the word Jesus, this dude took off running down the road, like gone. And so I think all of this stuff, like I said earlier, has prepared us for what we're doing for this arena we're in. So we know, like, hey, this is some real stuff. This ain't just some conspiracy theories floating around the internet. Like there's real substance to this. There are people in some arenas and environments that don't want you there, but you got the ultimate Trump card in Jesus. And so there's nothing really they can do about it other than just, man, you know, mm-hmm. call it the saint, not like you, or if they're in a power position, not let you play with their basketball, you know, like, like, <laughs> There's so it's a, it's a big thing, but I just really feel like God opened my eyes up to understand the spiritual aspect of it. So now when we're out in arenas that are share similar similar business, that mm-hmm. we we understand and and kind of respect that aspect of it. Right. What do you see for the future of uh, music and culture, uh, art in general? I, I don't know. I feel like as of late, especially like God's moving. I mean, you see this stuff at Asbury College. A friend of mine spent, sent a video on from a cruise ship where they were there doing the thing with NFL players. And all of a sudden, like revival breaks out. They're baptizing people in the pool on the cruise ship and other other things like that going on all over the world. Uh, like as of this year and so something's going on from a revival perspective and i think that that is going to increase before our eyes um as far as other stuff goes i think they're just going to try to suck out everything they can until the whole thing comes to an end because it's coming and it feels like it's 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 getting closer to that time and i think that's why you're starting to see the the We'll just say, see Satan be more bold because he knows his time's coming. And so now they're not even trying to hide. They're not wasting time trying to hide what they're standing for and suck other people in. They're just going for it. 
They do seem to be. So, yeah. I think it's just coming to a head right in front of our eyes. And I think that's why you're seeing both sides, both sides heating up. Um, and if you, if you read the word, familiar with the book, we know how it ends and we know that it gets gets bad before it gets good, ultimately. Um, so I just think right now we all need to be focused, focused on God and not be distracted because sometimes that stuff can be distracting and get us off of our, you know, like it's real easy to wake up, open your newsfeed, get sucked into it. Dang, we should have been reading the word, you know, like it, it, we, it's easy to get distracted by all that stuff. Even if we're not like supporting it or engaging or want it, like it can still distract us. So I would say as a whole, we probably need to beware that that there's there's an entity that would like to distract us from from God's movement, from seeking opportunities and from taking advantage of those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um so I think I think that's probably really important right now that we all stay focused. Right, right. Yeah, I I I do see very much that uh you know they become very bold. Uh you know like I eat Years ago, you would talk about like the Super Bowl halftime show, and people would kind of look at you like, I don't know. But now it's just so blatantly obvious. It's like the Grammys and all of these things that, you know, you really can't deny it. So um, I think that that's a, I mean, there's a silver lining in that. I think a lot of people are waking up as a result of how bold it's become and how in your face it is. but I am just curious because I feel like I'm actually going to be doing an event in June where, and the the premise behind it is for artists for liberty, and it's really, uh, I think so much of art, and you you kind of alluded to this, has been uh, a culture creation, and not necessarily from the people who want to shine light, but it, it has been kind of a darker force that is injecting into the culture to create. Uh, to create the illusion of organic culture, but it's really a cultural infiltration. And I think there is so much talent as you're you're showing us on the side of light and whether they be, you know, particularly religious, you know, in in their work or not, but, you know, still people who are promoting the, you know, light and freedom for humanity and, you know, just good, decent values and, so I think it's really important that there be that because art has the power to change people on a cellular level. Music, especially, I think it's part of why, and love your thoughts on this, I think it's part of why they do co-opt music, especially. I mean, we know they've done it, you know, through film and television, other mediums, certainly literature, long before we even had those mediums. But I think there is something especially with the frequencies of music we know they changed the the hertz to the 440 from 432 you know the lower vibration versus a more healing resonance and uh, so i think there is something especially with music that is incredibly powerful and can be used for you know dark or right yeah it can be used for bad or it can be used for good you're right Mm -hmm. and i think too what goes in your head often comes comes out in our actions so if you're put <laughs> putting bad, bad in, just make it in, tends to play out in our actions. And then on the opposite too, you're putting good in, tends to tends to come out in how we live. And so yeah, I think I think I think that uh 
the Satan knows that too. And I think he's taking advantage of, of having a foothold in that industry and using it for, for bad. And so, yeah, I think that kind of correlates with why that I, I would say as a whole, that entertainment industry has been hijacked by a good way to put it. Um, but there are still people that, that are in it, that, that God puts in it and keeps in it that are able to use it for good. And, and, um, yeah, I would say just support those people cause it's tough. It's, it's harder. It's harder to do it that route than just do the easy, whatever. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'll do it. You know, it's tougher sometimes. And there's, there's, there's resistance, not necessarily obvious, blatant physical, but like more from a business perspective, there's definitely resistance. I would say. Yeah, I would imagine. So what, uh, what is your advice to people, both uh, artists who want to be outside of that system and but still want to be able to create and hone their talents and passions? And then for uh, the audience, like people who are supportive, that, uh, supporters and patronage uh, to support people. Well, what do you recommend? Because I think it's a and the reason I, I ask it that way, though, is just because I think it's it's not. It seems so obvious, right? <laughs> you say it like, well, yeah, you just choose the light. But if it were that obvious, we wouldn't be in the position we're in, right? You wouldn't have, you know, the art being controlled by darker type forces. So I think just, yeah, what people, how can people be aware and how can people uh, make a difference? I would say if, if we've been given a gift, a talent, that, that we mm -hmm. need to be a good steward of that talent. And whether that's music, whether that's, just really good at being being um i don't know a hostess at a restaurant whether that's being a waiter whether that's being in a bank like do a good job with what you've been given at work hard don't use don't make excuses don't say oh well, i'm trying to serve god so i'm going to face persecution well yeah there that can that can happen and that will happen but don't use that as an excuse to keep you from from going forward because because all another hand of that is burying your talent and we, we know that that doesn't play out very well. So I would say use your talents and your gifts, however that plays out, to whatever extent it plays out. If you're playing coffee shops, then use those coffee shops. If you're playing stadiums and arenas, because that's how it's, everything's came to be, then then use that use that arena for, for God's kingdom and his glory and honor. Um, and, I, and I believe that he, he blesses you in that. And, and just understand too that it's not guaranteed just because you want to do music don't mean that that's what you're supposed to be doing or what you're going to be able to to do um right. and so don't get caught up on well i just want to do music so you're going to put your family in debt just to do music like that ain't a good that's not being a good steward either you know mm -hmm. so i would say pursue it be smart be wise um and just use it all for god's glory and then if you're supposed to be doing music he's you've given him the reins and if you're not supposed to be doing music or not supposed to be doing something else that you want to do like you're better off being where you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be doing than forcing a square peg in a round hole um and i, I would I, and also say this i think there's a lie there's a lie that's told you have to do this if you want to make it when you don't that's not true at all. I, I used to I used to believe that like, oh, if you want to put on a good show, you have to drink. If you want to blah blah blah, you have to this. And it wasn't until I got kind of out of it that like that's just that's lies, you know. All that's a lies. You 
God gives you a gift. All you have to do is be a good steward of that gift and live for him and give it all to him and give him the glory and honor for it. And then wherever you're supposed to be doing or wherever you're supposed to be, whatever you're supposed to be doing, like when he's in control, that's much better off than anything that we're ever going to want, you know? Um, and so I would say just use it and write those songs, write stuff, do stuff that's going to put good in the world. Cause even if, even if you don't ever make it to that superstar level, like one, I don't think you want to do what it takes to get there anyway. <laughs> but even if you're just poking around in a your truck, music equipment in the back, and like, and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, um, that's much more satisfying. I'll say that too, as much more satisfying than whatever the it, you know, whatever the pot of gold of the rainbow is, you know. Right. Um, and I, and I, I would say that's probably the hardest part to accept because you want, for me, you do something, you want to succeed at the highest level. So it's almost kind of like a insufficiency if you don't get there. Mm-hmm. Realize, like, that's not what it's all about. What it's about is using what God gives you and making the most of it and serving Him. And so, if that looks like just a small level of whatever it is, like maximize that small level, you know, like that's if someone can, when, if you can really grasp that, then it takes all the pressure off of trying to get there. You know? Right. Right. I, I absolutely believe that we're all uh, endowed with unique talents and strengths and gifts and that it is incumbent upon each of us to harness those so that we can be of contribution to the world. Absolutely. Uh, but you talked a lot about, you know, God's will. And so I, I'm just curious for you. I'm sure it's personal for everyone. But I think sometimes you, how do you know, right? Like, I think that because it's never, it's never an easy, just smooth sailing path. Like, even if you achieve all the success that you think you want, right? There's always obstacles along the way that that's just how life is. So I don't know. What would your advice be to people who are, seeking to try and figure out what the path is what what how do they know what the right thing to do is and when to keep going when to i think that's why the relationship's so important Mm -hmm. i think that comes through prayer and walking with him Mm -hmm. and and let if you're not working on that relationship and and walking with him and staying in prayer and staying in the word we're not gonna know Mm -hmm. that's that's the reality of it. We're not going to know what his will is if we don't ask him and we don't listen to him when he tells us. Right. For me, that's kind of, it's not like audible voice. Paul. It's more internal. You know, I'll be, mm-hmm. I'll be, uh, it's usually for me in the morning. My wife and my daughter go to school early, like 6.30. Now I get my son up about 7.30. So that hour is when I just really just get alone with God and just talk to him. And then it's, it's, uh, it's pretty wild. A lot of times it'll just be like stuff that just kind of comes to you that wouldn't necessarily be your thoughts. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. how do you know whether it's just your thought or God's thought? Well, a lot of times it ain't, it's not how we would do it. It's not how we, what we would think about it, you know? And, and it's not going to be a cakewalk. Like you said, there's always going to be obstacles. There's always going to be stuff, but that's why it's so important that we set, that we stay in relationship with him because the second that that we we kind of fall off from that now we're just trying to have to make decisions based on on our brains you know mm-hmm. um so I, like that's the short answer is 
got to stay in prayer, got to gotta stay in relationship and got to stay walking with him so you can listen and hear him when he talks to you and tells you which, which way to go. Yeah. Wow. So you, you had talked about your, your path and your experiences kind of guiding you and preparing you for what you're doing now. How do you feel that your, uh, you know, uh, your pursuit of baseball and, uh, your experience there, what do you think you learned or how do you think that that served you for what you're doing now? I think that's a good example of just because we want to do something isn't exactly where we're going to be. Cause I, I'd say this, if I was playing baseball, I wouldn't have the microphone in a bar to tell people about Jesus mm-hmm. all year long, you know, multiple days a week. Um, so what's more important me pitching and living my dream or me telling people about Jesus in places that pastors don't even get access to. So like that kind of puts your last question into perspective is, I still miss baseball. I still feel like a ba- I don't even feel like this artist singer guy. And I've been doing this almost as long as I played baseball. But I, I still feel like a baseball player that, that didn't make it. And and part of that kind of comes with how it all ended, you know, on, on it's kind of on me. Um, but it definitely, I guess... The one thing that I took away from it is, is I don't quit anything anymore. Like I still have a chip on my shoulder for quitting that. So like now, now I kind of have that, like, don't give up, you know, don't quit because you regret it for the rest of your life mentality about, about a lot of things. Um, but definitely I, I feel like that was the one thing where I wanted this and God's like, no, you have no idea. You'll get to do some cool stuff, but it has nothing to do with picking up a baseball. <laughs> By the way, it has to do with music. What you know, like like that. If you're in, like, I was scared to. I, I, I the extent of my singing growing up was in a truck driving around. Mm-hmm. You know, with my dad, I was scared to death to even talk in front of people, much less try to sing in front of people. Nothing, no interest, no desire in playing a guitar, writing song. I hated writing in school. I least favorite subject, writing English. I do not like writing papers. That's what I do for a living now. So like everything, everything you think, you know, just shaken up and dumped out and filled into the completely new, you know, thing. And I don't, it's just, it's wild. It's wild to see it. Like looking back, just how it all came to be. And the fact that I do what I do now is, is just completely would have been completely non, even in the ballpark or realm of possibilities, even in high school for me. Wow. Wow. So be open to that. The path, your path may not be what you think it is or want it to be or expect it to be. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you so much. I I really enjoyed this. Tell me if you, if you have anything else you want to impart the audience and of course, tell everybody where they can find you, find your work and yeah. Um, yeah, no, we'll highlight the ministry one more time. Um, so that kind of, Tenfingerministry.com is kind of the hub of what's going on there. Primarily, it's, it's Bible distribution. And then, of course, we go out and our touring and everything else is is an extension of, of ministry. Um, but Tenfingerministry.com, if you want to if you want me to send you a Bible or send someone else that, that you want me to send one to, it's all free. Um, and there's a big old request Bible link right front center. And then uh, as far as my music stuff goes, CurtisGrimes.com is a good hub for for all of that stuff and i try to do all my 
social media stuff like we're supposed to do. Um, but, um, but yeah, if, it, if, if you get a chance to check out our tour dates or anything and we are playing near you, come out and support us. It's pretty, it's a pretty cool thing we get to do. And, um, and I, th- I think it's, it's, it's cool for people to see how you can still like talk about Jesus in an appropriate way, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere like a bar or honky tonk or wherever. Um, just cause I, I don't, I, I wouldn't say that I necessarily saw good examples of that growing up outside of the church, you know, like mm-hmm. I would hear, Hey, like wherever you go, whatever you do, like use that as a mission field. But I didn't necessarily see that done. I would mm-hmm. say a lot. So I think, I think when people can see it be done, it's kind of encouraging to go do it wherever you are, you know, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a right way to do that. And there's a, can't go around beating people over there with the Bible, you know, there's a wrong way to do right. it too. See that right. done. We see that done more often. We see a lot of that. And what happened to free will? Like I, I never understand when you have people who claim to be Christian or you know, and they're trying to force you to see things the way they do, to believe the way they do, behave the way I'm like, free will. That, that's the whole cornerstone of this whole thing, right? So yeah, well, where do we miss this? Yeah. It's much more effective if you if you live it and people can value value what what life is when you live it and see like the goodness coming out of you and shine the light shining that's a lot more attractive than than work 100 percent of the time yeah for sure yeah i i yeah i couldn't agree more so absolutely well i wants to say hi too he got to see what how are you have you been listening then what's yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> well, Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Good talk. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll I'll let you get to him and spend some time together. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you very much. Welcome. I right, have a good day. You too. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.